Howdy folks, welcome to Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Keep in mind as we proceed, guys, this is a spoiler podcast. Now, those of you that have hung out and are listening are probably curious as to what happened. Well, suffice it to say, real life. Now, I know the reason that you are listening is not to hear me go on about what has gone on over the past six months or so, but rather to listen to me talk, hopefully, perhaps even discuss, a Usagi Ojimbo comic. The comic I have in mind is Volume 1, Issue 21, cover dated April 1990, the main story entitled Blood Wings. Now, we have Maimoto Usagi, who is, as always, our protagonist. We have a brief appearance of the Nico Ninja Clan, who we're familiar with from past stories. We have the appearance of Lord Hikiji, who plays a pretty integral part in the story, and the appearance of the Komoro, Komori, excuse me, Ninja Clan, Komori Ninja Clan. Uh, now, I'm a little confused about the word Komori, because it's my understanding that that refers to babysitter or perhaps nursemaid. Well, the Komori ninja are the Chino Tsubasa, the blood wings. They're bats. On the leading edges of their wings are uh, sword edges. Uh, their, their wings have been honed to a sword edge. So they are a ninja clan named the babysitter or nursemaid ninja clan, or referred to in that way. I, I, I'm not sure I understand why. Uh, in this first story, perhaps after reading the second part of Blood Wings, which will be next episode, it's a two-part story, perhaps I'll, I'll know more, but at this juncture, um, I'm kind of confused as to why of all of all names that could have been chosen, that one was picked. So our story opens this time at night. Um, as ever, my source material is the Dark Horse Special Edition 2-Volume Usagi Yojimbo set that came out uh, three or four years ago. I'm sorry, Dark Horse Fanographics. came out in 2010. Uh, I'm in the second volume now with issue 21 of the first volume of Usagi. The story opens at night. Um, Usagi is ever-traveling. He hears something, perhaps off to the side, perhaps behind him, and whatever this thing is rushes out at him. Usagi, sword-drawn sword drawn uh, swings at the thing out of protection and it turns out that it is a Tokagi lizard running quite quickly away from something and running so close to the ground that Usagi's sword swipe did not do anything so he kind of chuckles to himself and she's the sword you know he's kind of amused that he is that jumpy perhaps and then he hears a scream, and it is a very pained, very drawn-out, multi-panel scream. Uh, finally, he gets near, but he can't find exactly where the scream came from. He's looking around. Then he hears another sound in the clearing just ahead of where he stopped thinking that he had found it and finds a villager of some nature leaning up against a rock, bleeding out. Now, he tries to get some information from the villagers to what has happened. The only thing the villager can say is Chi no Subasa, 
and Usagi interprets that for us, Wings of Blood. And as he's trying to get more information about what, you know, Wings of Blood mean, the villager dies. So Usagi looks around, uh, finds that there really isn't a sign of struggle per se. The only blood that is apparent is the villager's blood, uh, the pool that he is sitting in. The only footprints that Usagi can discern around the clearing area belong to himself, and as near as he can tell, the villager also. So here's a villager who is quite hacked up, bled out, died, seemingly in, in, in the midst of, of nothing. You know, there's there's nothing to indicate exactly what happened to him. So we start this issue with a puzzle, and as Usagi rises to his feet and is considering everything, you know, that he has seen and heard so far. He hears some flapping noise in the night air as, as something flying away. And we see silhouetted against a gibbous moon the figure of a bat. Now, can't really discern how big the bat is. We don't know how far away it is. But it is silhouetted against the moon, indicating that the flapping noise that we that Usagi heard came from this creature. He continues on his journey and reaches the nearest village, which I assume is kind of where he was headed to to begin with, because as we know, Usagi is constantly roaming, and if he is traveling from village to village, he knows that at the end of any particular journey, he'll find those things he needs, shelter, sustenance, and perhaps employment. So it doesn't expressly say that, but I'm, I imagine that this was a village either he was intending to go through, to journey through, or to arrive at. Well, he gets here, and the villagers are very glad to see him. They're running around, exclaiming that they're saved, and at last someone has come. And then over here in the background, we see a young lady asking, where's Subo? So, Usagi is explaining who he is. He says, I know no Subo. I am Miyamoto Usagi, a lone wanderer. Uh, he explains that he found a dead villager and that the last words of this villager were wings of blood. And immediately the woman says, oh, poor Subo, he sought to save the village, but now he's dead. I'm sorry, that's the uh, a neighbor. The wife is crying because she realizes that was her husband that Usagi is referring to. So, rather um, aggressively, Usagi requests information on this Wings of Blood. And the village headman steps forward. His name is Ando. And I said elder at the top of the show. He, he's the village headman, which could still be a elder, but doesn't necessarily have to be. So he tells Usagi, follow me, let's um, go get something to eat, maybe chill a bit. And I'll I'll catch you up on what the um, wings of blood is. So he tells him that the Chino Subasa are ninja of the Komori Bat Clan. Now see, I want to look up and try to connect Bat with babysitter or nursemaid. I, I don't I don't understand that connection. Okay. So over tea here, he tells uh, the headman tells Usagi that the Komori ninja clan recently took over 
the village. Uh, they didn't take it over. They've uh, they've um, locked down the village in such a way that nobody can really enter or leave without the Komori clan getting involved and, and preventing it either by fear or by actually killing anyone that tries to do either. So the headman is kind of curious that Usagi was able to get into the village, which is interesting. Um, we know that this creature that we saw previously, if that is a member of the Komori clan, which we can assume it was, was nearby enough that Usagi heard him leave, or her, as the case may be, and it didn't do anything to stop Usagi um, when he found the villager. So, curious. The, the two men are asking, are, uh, are discussing the Komori incursion, shall we say, and they're trying to figure out why, you know, why this clan would pop up out of nowhere. There have not been any Komori ninjas around until recently, and then, you know, there were a whole bunch. So they're trying to figure out why. Turns out that just outside of village, there's a gold mine that is operated by Lord Hironi. Well, not just outside. It's a day and a half away. But this village is apparently the nearest village to the gold mine. So it's it's the connection to the gold mine. And that, you know, is the only thing really of any value in the area. There's no, there's nothing else that the ninja could want. And the headman doesn't understand why they would want to mess with the gold mine. Because being what it is, it has security, of course, and then it has an extra garrison of samurai there because it is uh, Lord Hironi's gold supply. And even more men that are there right now because they're getting ready to ship some out. So he, he doesn't understand. And it occurs to Usagi that's exactly why they're here. Not for the gold mine, but to attack the shipment once it leaves the mine and is out. So they decide together that something needs to be done to protect the shipment, to notify Lord Hironi, to or Hirone, I'm, I'm not sure how it's pronounced now that I think about it, um, H-I-R-O-N-E. So they decide to sleep on it. Uh, day has left them. The Komori ninjas are out more prevalently at night. It's getting to be night, so they'll... They'll stay here, Usagi, rest, and uh, in the morning we will enact the plan to warn all the people that need warned and see what we can do to stop what we think is going to happen. So that night we see several panels of uh, different backgrounds, the forest mountains, a grassland, a citadel, and all through it we see the trailing words flap, 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 as if this is the path that something is taking. And we see that it arrives at this fortress and lands, and lo and behold, it is Lord Hikiji that this Komori ninja has stopped to speak to. And we find out that since the almost complete Annihilation of the Nico clan during the Dragon Bellow conspiracy. That his uh, Hikiji's 
Lord Hebi. Uh, this is Lord Hebi. I'm sorry. Lord Hikiji is his master. This is Lord Hebi, the snake dude. So Lord Hebi is in search of a replacement ninja clan for Lord Hikiji, as the Nico clan is greatly reduced. And so this is kind of a trial, tryout for the Komori clan. Uh, they are indeed tasked to steal the gold shipment, because adding the gold shipment also to Hikiji's stores after the outlay of money for the Dragon Bellow conspiracy, which failed miserably, would only benefit Hikiji, but also it would benefit Lord Hebi as being the one who directed the project. So the Komori Ninja, after discussing back and forth, assures Hebi that the job can be done by them, and he leaves. Lord Hebi leaves, uh, thinking in his mind that they need to keep everything quiet, and after the gold shipment is uh, is gained, that the Kimura, uh, the uh, Komori ninja clan needs to wipe out that village. And we see that one of the Nico clan members has been surreptitiously watching this meeting between the Komori ninja and Lord Hebi. And the Nico Ninja turns out to be um, Dude's sister. Let me see if I can look up names here real quick because somehow that one slipped by me. Chizu, I believe, was her name Chizu? Kashira Chizu? So she is there spying on one would assume Lord Hebi rather than the Nico Ninja. Uh, excuse me, Komori Ninja. Dawn arrives. Usagi is leaving to go to the mine. The headman's son is the guide. And as they take off, they run across the villager who Usagi had gotten to just as he died a couple nights prior that started our whole tale and this time he has been tied up and is suspended from a branch in a tree Usagi believes that it's a warning from the Komori ninjas to the villagers the uh, headman's son is not used to this type of treatment he seems to be very uh, distraught over it and distracted but they press on. Uh, they're tired because they've been trying to make as much progress as they could during the daylight. Because, again, they know at night is when the Komori Ninjas are most prevalent. And they stop to eat. And as they're eating, they're attacked. Uh, this is where we see how formidable the leading edges of the wings of the bats are as Usagi picked a thicket for them to rest beneath hoping that the thicket would provide coverage from any type of aerial attack. Well, the Komori ninjas just uh, cut right through it, and then they beset Usagi and the headman's son. Usagi is 
diligently trying to fend them off, trying to hold them off long enough for the headman's son to run to the mine to get word to the mine, which he directs him to do. And he takes off, makes it a little way into the forest, and he in turn is killed by several of the ninja. So we come back to Usagi, who valiantly is fighting until one of the ninja just absolutely dive bombs him, knocks him down, stuns him. They're able to subdue him. Uh, interesting, they, they, I guess, are transporting him to their lair, their headquarters, as it were. And they're flying with Usagi, suspended by the arms between two of the bats. So he is restrained, and they're flying with him. And he's left both his swords here on the ground. So that means that he is essentially unarmed as he goes into the uh, fortress of the enemy. I'm not sure how that's going to turn out for him, but we will wait and see next time. So, that is this episode, this issue. Um, again, the biggest question I have, if anybody listening can set me straight, is how the Komori... Uh, what the connection between Komori and Bat and a babysitter or nursemaid is. You know, the first ninja clan that we ran into, the Nika ninjas, Nico ninjas, were cats. So that, that's a pretty good, you know, idea for a ninja clan. Oh, well, no, I take that back. We've run into some moles that were ninjas, too. But um, bats uh, and, and calling them babysitter or nursemaid, just, again, I'm, I'm slightly confused by that. All right, next time out, we have Usagi Ojimbo Volume Twenty-Two, uh, Volume One, excuse me, Issue Twenty-Two, Blood Wings Part Two, dated June nineteen ninety. And for anybody out there that wants to send me the big old welcome back, you can send it to usagipodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, new website, Big Time Noise, one word, dot com slash Ronin Rabbit. The Ronin Rabbit is on Google+. I always post episodes there. And when the episodes go live, I always post a notice on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo page on Facebook. Thank you, Steve, for allowing me to do that. I do want to express my uh, condolences, I guess wouldn't be the right word, but my um, sadness at the issues that Mr. and Mrs. Sakai are currently going through her medical problems, and I'm sure the the um, weighty emotional toll that is taken on Stan as her husband, her spouse, her life mate, to, um, to try to help her through that and to watch as she struggles to get through her medical issues. I can only imagine the toll that that would have to take on someone emotionally. I, I certainly um, empathize greatly, greatly with you. Thank you for the entertainment that you have given us by way of Usagi uh, that you know perhaps allows us a brief respite from similar trials and tribulations that we have as we have an opportunity to sit down and read these for a few minutes and, and get away, escape from, from our issues. So there we go, guys. Next time out, hopefully it won't be quite uh, so long between episodes, but... Either way, I shall see you then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production. 
and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license. 